2: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome in Miller and Condon on a Friday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3. On the FM dial, it's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this this morning. Uh, We'll start at the bottom of the hour, or thereabouts, uh, with Dave Sproul. Uh, He covers Iowa State, 1430 is where he works. That's where you can hear the Cyclones in Story County, so... Iowa State TCU in the spotlight first at the bottom of the hour. Uh, towards the uh, end of hour number one, we can get Jeff Hughes in here from thebearsblog.com. Is there anything to this Russell Wilson and the Bears flirtation? Well, it's more so on the Bears fans' flirtation uh, with the uh, Seattle signal caller. So we'll get uh, Jeff Hughes. What would it take? What are the chances? Uh, of uh, Russell Wilson as the Bears quarterback in 2021. 11.05. We're going to go around college basketball from a national perspective. Our friend Rob Doster will be here. Uh, uh, Field of 68 is where you can hear Rob. You can see him if you follow him on Twitter. They put a lot of basketball, college basketball content out. And then uh, Tom Caker will wrap things up at 11.25. He was in Ann Arbor last night uh, to witness the... I don't know what you want to call it. It wasn't good by any means. It was um, eye-opening in some respects, and the better team won. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, might Michigan be that team that's right behind Gonzaga as opposed to Baylor. Now, Baylor and Kansas will play tomorrow night. Big spot, I think, for Baylor as they try to maintain their foothold in the what a lot of folks thought was a two-team race. Uh, make way for Michigan because they absolutely are legit. Well, what did you think? Where do you want to start? You want to throw some guys under the bus? You want to <laughs>
3: where I'm not Steve Alford, come on. I'm not going to do that to start. It was a uh,
2: look, at at the end of the day, there's they they weren't going to win the uh, conference championship. The double bye is still there for the taking mm-hmm. Is they're going to have to outfinish Purdue, maybe Wisconsin. It's it's trending that that Wisconsin Iowa game to finish the regular season a week from Sunday might have a uh, uh, might have some uh, higher stakes than normal on the line as far as getting that double buy. But last night it was all Michigan. The best players on the court uh, were wearing Wolverine uniforms. Whether it would be Franz Wagner, who I thought was the best best player on the floor last mm-hmm. night, Hunter Dickinson. Uh, Out dueling Luca Garza um, every single minute that they were on the floor together. Clearly, the uh, Nungi news, uh, anticipated news, is not going to be good. Joe
3: Wieskamp disappeared. Where do you want to go? Let's uh, let's start when it started to get away. As Iowa took their first lead in a while early in the second half. About two and a half minutes gone by, I was up by a point, Three point play by Luca, and it felt like after struggling in the first half, Dickinson gets his third. That this was going to be the time that Iowa mm-hmm. was going to have a run. And maybe they were going to get back and get a five, six, seven point lead. Something like that. But it quickly went the other way. And it went the other way on a change in defense. He went to zone. Yeah. Again. It hasn't gone well, has it? And when they went to zone late in the first half, it got away again. And this is something that is continually happening with this team. I understand this is the DNA. The coaching DNA of Fran McCaffrey is about switching defenses. Changing things up. But they're just awful at it. They're just a terrible zone <laughs> yeah. team. They're, there's no two ways about it. And they're not a great man team. Uh-huh. But, but they're, they're at least, better. They're, yep. they're adequate. Yep. They're at least okay. Now, the concern is you mentioned Jack Nunji. If Jack Nunji mm. is done for the year, you're going to have to play a lot of zone because you're going to have to protect Luka yep. Garza. Who's the backup center? Uh, Patrick McCaffrey. But the, the dude 180 pounds. I get it. I don't know the answer to Is it to that Chris question? Murray?
2: You put Keegan and Chris out there together. Uh, Chris saw the floor late in the basketball he game did. last night. A He's not ready. Yeah, no, we saw ready. him. At... No, he's not ready. He should be playing football <laughs> with his build. He's got that size. Oh, he? he's a
3: big boy. He he's not ready though. Uh-uh. So not by a long shot. You're going to have to really completely reconfigure the way that you play. Because you don't have mm-hmm. a backup center that can play, you know what else?
2: Uh, uh, Fran McCaffrey's going to have to reconfigure, and there's going to be a there's going to be a game where Luke Garza picks up two fouls in the first half, mm-hmm. and now there is no Nunji. At least right. we anticipate there's going to be no Nunji. It was a non-contact foul; you knew it right away. Yeah, uh, I didn't recall the fact that that was his right knee that it, that he'd hurt in the past, but uh, very quickly uh, Twitter um, reminded of, us of that. It was just Trent. It was the better team won the basketball game, mm-hmm. and the gap between. Michigan Michigan and Iowa. I didn't think it was that wide. I really didn't.
3: Was it that wide just for a night, though? Well, I'd like to think that that's the case. But like Trent... I said, they had the lead in the second yeah, but half. But Dickinson took it to Garza. Dickinson outplayed Luca Garza.
2: Wieskamp, uh, Franz Wagner was the best player on the floor of either team. You know what? As much as I enjoyed his scoring, how about those bounce passes. Mm-hmm. My God, he sees the floor. Six nine by that yeah, for a six nine kid. Yeah, right. 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 Who's his blood? Oh, I saw. You know, I saw his cutout. I was going to ask you, who his brother's with in the NBA's with Washington.
3: Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, because
2: they had a cutout of some of the former Wolverines in the NBA,
3: uh-huh. uh, and I saw him in his Wizards jersey. So, I think the gap is significant, but maybe not as significant as it looked last night. It was a game where seemingly anything that could go wrong did go wrong for mm-hmm. Iowa, and even with that, they had the lead in the second half. Mm-hmm. They played poorly in the first half, and they came right out and started the second half well. It w- this was not a freakout. This was Michigan, who is incredibly talented. Yeah, they're better defensively at every spot, mm-hmm. and they're a really good offensive team on top mm-hmm. of it. I would play their worst two halves of basketball offensively. Statistically, of the year. yeah, yeah, they played their two. So I'm not ready to go down the line of thinking that hey, here we go again. It's a Fran fade. Ah, they're gonna. No, fall I'm up. not going Fran fade. I'm just saying that they were outclassed, and Michigan's better. Uh huh. I don't think 20 points better. I think it was that game. The thing about Luka Garza that we don't see very often.
2: The, the misses underneath the basket? Time after time after time? Well, yeah, that, of course,
3: is the big part of it. Oof. I felt like he played selfishly, though. I thought this was Luka trying to, right away in the game, trying to take because it to the, the young guy. Up, yeah, because of the yeah. kid from Maryland, kid mm-hmm. that he knows, yeah. kid that was in his AU program. They worked out together during the pandemic. The old guy is going to take it to the young kid. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to show him. And you don't see that from Luca. No, I I think there's something to that trend. I do. And again, that comes into the matchup thing. Now the next time it didn't if they, go well for him. Either, right? If the they way. see each other in the Big Ten tournament, you know, if they play, I was the four or five seed. Mm-hmm. They're the one they play in the semifinals. I think this game would look different. The other part is the run that happened is right after Connor left the game. The open three pointer by Franz Wagner kind of turned his ankle. Yeah. And it goes from a three point game to a six point game, mm-hmm. and the onslaught is on. From there. Even at stretches, though, where Iowa had opportunities to get back in the game, they just couldn't get any scores. They were getting stops. They played well enough defensively to beat this Michigan team. It just didn't show up in the offensive end. And that rarely happens. And maybe and give that... M- Michigan credit for their oh, yeah. defense? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Like, like I said, they are better at every single spot yep. defensively than Iowa. This is a good defensive team. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as good as they looked last night. I don't think Iowa is as bad. And I think I was going to come out and play well on Sunday. Well, I hope so, Trent. Because uh, with the three games left, I think they have to win two of them to keep
2: that four seed. Purdue's only got three games left. So yes, I think I
3: have it here in my
2: notes. Let I want to say I want to say Penn State, Indiana,
3: Penn State, Indiana, and one more. I don't remember because I believe last night. Yeah, I got in my likes here. All right, three, four, five, Iowa. Uh, for Ohio State, they're twelve and six, so they only have two games remaining. Iowa coming up on Sunday, yep. and then they also get Illinois at home. Okay, so they don't have to leave Columbus, right? But they got two good teams right. coming in. Right? They're twelve and six. Iowa is eleven and six. Of course, they add Ohio State, and then Nebraska, Wisconsin at home. On paper, you're two and one, and you mm-hmm. go three and zero. Oh, you're going to take the number three spot. Which up. would which would keep you away from Michigan right. in, the, bra- in You'd be, the bracket? You wouldn't see them until the championship game right. if you saw them in the tournament. Finally, Purdue, who is ten and six, they got Penn State on the road, not easy. No, Wisconsin and Indiana at home, not easy. Yeah. and uh, of course they will only play the nineteen games. The one game that they missed that was scheduled. You know who, who is done? Who Na- is it? Nebraska. Uh. I mean, if you finish a half game behind, uh, how, how upset would you be, especially whoever is the four seed near the five? Yeah. And a, a victory against Nebraska would have been the difference. Now, Iowa has the tiebreaker against Purdue. So if it was those two teams and they would have finished with the same record, it wouldn't have mattered. They but. played Purdue once, or did they get once? It? And that
2: was back in December, correct?
3: Long time right, ago. Right, 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 right. I'd set up for that rematch in the quarterfinals, yes, four or five games. Absolutely. Game. Absolutely.
2: All right. So I thought that you'd be a little bit more uh, out on the edge than you are this morning.
3: As, as, uh... I'm kind of boring this morning, aren't I? No, that's it, okay. It, though. Yeah. After the game, dur- as as it was falling apart, I was frustrated. I was upset, mm-hmm. and I went back and I was watching a little bit last night, and I was kind of fast forward and watching some plays, and it just more than anything that was, that was my takeaway. It was just a bad night. And well, it certainly was that the. I think it goes back to something we talked about during the four out of five losses. The losses to Gonzaga and Minnesota when we come in back in twenty twenty. Is this team is good. They're not great. No. Now the good news for Iowa is outside of three teams, mm-hmm. nobody else is great either. Uh true. Baylor is great. I think so. Gonzaga is great. Yeah. Michigan is they great. They belong
2: in the conversation.
3: And then the rest of the teams all have Pretty major warts. Yeah. And with Illinois, what's DeSumo going to be when he comes back? And, and what they're going to well, be. Well, apparently he really wanted to
2: play last night, and they didn't let—they didn't allow him to play.
3: But we see how bad Illinois can look at stretches. This mm-hmm. is not a perfect team by any means. Nope. Same thing with Ohio State, yep. an undersized team. And we can go through everybody. Everybody has these warts. And because of that, this is going to be for Iowa. If there are two or three seed in the NCAA tournament, or a four or five or six, whatever it turns out to be. More than anything, stay away from those top three teams yeah. and get a little bit of luck. When's the last time that Iowa's had an upset that happened in front of them? Mm. So instead of playing mm-hmm. that three seed when you're in six or... Somebody does you a favor. Right, right. And all of a sudden you're playing Coppin State in the round of 32 as opposed to Villanova. right, right. That right. is a huge difference and Iowa hasn't had that. Iowa hasn't had a bracket open up, if you will. You need that from time no, to time. No, you do. You need to make it. a run. Absolutely. And nobody is going to say, well, you know what?
2: They didn't have to play the two seed that year. I hate to have to rely on it, but, but I get your point. It's been a while since they've had that go their way. So help me out with this, pursuant to the tournament. Because the, um, the contingency plans came out yesterday. Yes. Did you see that? So let me see if I've got this right. So the the the, the, the bracket is unveiled. Mm-hmm. The first four out are then told to stand by. Yes. And they will keep practicing Mm -hmm. in the chance that one of the tournament teams has a COVID outbreak and therefore can't participate in the tournament. But that can only happen until the tournament starts, correct? You have, the way that I
3: read it, yes. Okay,
2: but here's the part that I'm unsure of. I think I've got it, but I'm not 100%. That part I was pretty sure of. So if there is a, I'll use a four-seed. If a four-seed has a COVID outbreak Mm -hmm. and they can't play, and those first four teams, by the way, only get to participate prior to the tournament starting. So once the tournament is started, if there's a team that has a COVID outbreak, it's just a forfeit. But in the days leading up to the tournament, if that happens one of the next four, or the first four that are left out, um, will get to participate. And if it's a four seed,
3: they instantly take the place of the four seed, right? That is correct. This uh, comes from Matt Norlander's article today. Theoretically, if a seven seed who's not a conference automatic qualifier cannot play, an at-large team Mm -hmm. in this instance, cannot play due to COVID-19, the 69th team in the NCAA's overall order, would get the first right of refusal to play and would slide in to that seven ten matchup. In your case, the four thirteen matchup. Right. They would become that team. They Heaven be forbid a...
2: it's the one sixteen and Gonzaga can't answer, and here right. comes and
3: now uh, Duke comes... is Duke here. is the number one seed. Duke's going to get in. They you
2: were... know what? Here's the thing that's worrying me for Drake a little bit right now. Yeah, don't look now, the blue bloods needles pointing up. Yeah, Sparty. That was a big win for them last night. Yes. Here comes Tom Izzo, no surprise. Uh-huh. Here comes Mike Shashevsky. no surprise. Um, some of these blue bloods that you thought would be on the outside looking in. And what does that do for Drake, is my point. Pushes They're, the little guy Don't up. you think if it, it comes right down, yes. oh, you know what, Michigan State, Drake. Drake had a great year, uh, but their point guards and I bet Pens up for the rest. You know, let's just do it. Let's do the easy way out and put Izzo in the tournament.
3: Speaking of the doggies. So they get Bradley this weekend with uh, a shorthanded Bradley. Have you seen this story? Yes, I have. So one of the four, so four players were suspended initially as they were down on the road at Missouri State in Springfield. We've talked about Springfield before. Yeah, different area. Uh huh. And they are under investigation. Correct for a sex case that is not rape. That is how it was termed, Correct. at least in the newspaper article that I read. And four of them were instantly suspended.
2: Mm-hmm. One of them has, has its eligibility reinstated. Correct. So the first two leading scores are out. J. Sean Henry is, has been cleared in the investigation, and he's in. This is the incident report obtained by the journals, uh, the news leader, whatever the hell that paper is. Uh, classified the incident as a sex offense that was not rape. Police category, categorized rape cases separately. But the at the time, four and the first, second, and third leading scorers were all suspended. Mm-hmm. The third leading scorer has had his eligibility reinstated. So Drake is taking on a shorthanded Bradley team this weekend uh, without their first and second leading scores. Uh, they have to win them both. Yes. Yeah. And they have to win a week from today in St. Louis, in okay. my opinion. In the quarters. In the quarterfinal. And and if you know what, if you want to get a good night's sleep before Selection Sunday, you should probably win Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. And then I believe that they'll have their ticket punched. But you have to win these two. And one of them's tonight, uh, 6 o'clock ESPN Plus has that game. Um, and you're taking on a, a shorthanded Bradley team due to investigation into now three of their players
3: you uh, mentioned drake in that scenario that plays out there win these two this weekend get to the finals that would put them at 27 and 3 with the loss to loyola in the championship game mm-hmm. at 27 and 3 even with only a couple of games in the first quadrant boy it's going to be hard to leave a team like that out even with the non-conference strength the schedule
2: final score 72 52 loyola
3: Oh boy! (laughs) Oh boy! (laughs) You just got to throw that in there, don't you? Well, that bad taste in your mouth, twenty point blowout, don't look like they should even be on. Yeah, it changes it. Mm -hmm. It does change it, absolutely. Yeah,
2: interesting. Well, uh, that again, that game uh, tonight. The uh, Valley, all of their teams are playing tonight. And I believe they'll finish tomorrow as well, uh, to keep them all on the, uh, same level playing field is when the schedule is going to end before the Valley teams make their way to St. Louis. I haven't seen how many fans they're going to
3: allow in this, uh, in the stands. Have you seen? I saw it. I can't remember the number though offhand, the percentage of capacity. Cause I think the Blues are now putting, what's that area? You know, that
2: bar that's kind of, mm-hmm.
3: I know the area.
2: So do I. It's a fun place. (laughs) Yes, it is. Something landing, maybe? Yes. I think it's something landing. Yes, that sounds right. We're just going to call it the landing. The landing. So the landing, they're allowed to have fans up there now for the Blues. I don't know what the Valley's going to do as far as uh, what they're going to do, how many fans they're going to allow in Mm -hmm. next Thursday. I love, but by the way, Thursday when there's nobody there, it's kind of fun. I, I agree with you. You mean there's a thousand people in a twenty thousand seat arena, and it's just kind
3: of. We all had our jokes about the Drake invitation. Yeah, but of, it was fun to be there to cover it. it was right? yeah, and the the two games is it really feels like conference tournament started last night. Did you I see saw the, that. Yes, yeah, the Horizon League right. who had an upset the ten over the seven. With the Matadors, Mastodons, whatever they are. I have no idea. IUPU Fort Wayne with a victory in over double overtime.
2: I was in the Big Ten last night and enjoyed, well, certainly not the 6 to 8 o'clock time <laughs> slot, but the last time slot. And my Jets, by the way, are knocking off the Habs, and my squad is playing extremely well.
3: They were uh, blacked out. I flipped over there. They were Where on was the, it supposed to air? Uh, the NHL Network. Really? Yeah. Why was it blacked out? I don't know. A game in Winnipeg was yeah. blacked out. Well, you just try there,
2: right? It's eleven hours. Well, depending on how long the border is, and that can be a huge pain in the ass. Uh, Jeff wants to chime in, and uh, we welcome him to do so. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for being patient. Hey, boys, how are you? Good, good. Uh, first, I just want to give props
1: on Michigan. They need to get their credit where credit due. Um, they're they're in my eyes, they're just as good as Gonzaga or Baylor. Uh, Baylor, Joe yeah. Tap the brakes on
2: well, Gonzaga.
1: Well. I watched just watching last night, it's a small sample size, but man, they they go on waves and they can yeah. score in multiple ways. Um, they can rebound. First thing, at one point, they were out rebounding Iowa on the offensive boards twelve to one. Yeah, it's awesome. Twelve to one. Yeah. First point. Second point, uh Trent, you're gonna love this. And I wanna make sure <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this right. CJ Frederick was four for five. Yep. That is it. Okay, that's fifth on the team. Patrick McCaffrey is getting the same amount of attempts as C.J. Frederick. That should never happen. Now, boys, you could say, well, maybe they were running him off the point line. Okay, why not run some sets for him in the half court, which they weren't doing? They weren't doing nothing in the half court. Why not run some doubles up top? Or why not run like a flare screen off of... uh, I don't know, off of uh, Garza to get him open because he was flashing. He hit one, He only had one attempt from three. How does mm-hmm. that happen? Yeah, that should, that should never happen. Um, and then third third thing, you know, again, you know, we talk up, um, we talk up Camp and again, in a big game, where I'm sure there was a lot of NBA scouts watching, yep. and he hiked. Mm-hmm. He runs to the corner, and what was he? Let me make sure. I want to say I want to see, see this right. He was
2: four for nine.
1: He was four for nine. Yeah. That's all he did. So a big part gets hurt. We need somebody to step up and they won't give it to CJ. And then we have our, our second best player running in the quarter hiding. It's just, it's frustrating, but I'll say this. I'm not come Sunday. I won't be shocked if they beat Ohio State. So I'm not panicking at all. This was a, this was a loss. We move on. We go to Ohio State. And again, I'm not shocked that they go in there and beat them. 80 to 76, or something like that. I really don't. Stop playing 2 3 zone. And man, <laughs> Please. you'll be just fine.
2: Yeah, Jeff, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And I won't be shocked either. I mean, no. we, we said it yesterday when we had Wade. I think it was Wade. Whose roster would you rather have? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, look, uh, Ohio State's got a couple of nice players. Washington is terrific. And he's hurt, by the way. Did you see him limping mm-hmm. around last night? He was, uh, he's banged up. Big before. 10
3: refs showed up in a big way late oh, in that game, too. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, yeah, and how about the fir- the the start stop start stop yes. in the first half of Michigan um, and, and Iowa yesterday? There's just no flow to the basketball game.
3: It, it felt like it got off to that weird start. He had Garza getting looked at for the flagrant mm-hmm. early. It just that was a good way to say it. It mm-hmm. never had the flow. That so he so let's go. Let's
2: talk about that flagrant a little bit because mm-hmm. like Wagner was grabbing him. Yeah, but Garza had a hold of his arm and. Yeah. And that's cl- I mean, that's clear as a bell, and I think that's the first part. The camera shows the arm hold first. But if you look behind, mm-hmm. Wagner's got a pretty good grasp yeah. uh, of 55-2. But when I saw the replay, I mean, I wasn't surprised that the flagrant one uh, was called in that point. Uh, just uh, another, another thing on the game last night, Keegan Murray, I mean, th- th- we said this a million times. They've got something here with this kid.
3: I, I saw something on a message board. Yes, I know. Uh-huh. It was a message uh-huh. not This was a few weeks back, but a guy that claims to have some kind of connection to an NBA scout and said, not right now, but certainly maybe within the next year or two, yeah. he's on radars because he has a skill. Mm-hmm. He has a size. He is kind of a prototypical swing guy in the yeah. NBA now. Is he going to be a guy that goes to the NBA and averages 20 a game now? No. no. But because of his length, because of his rebounding, because of his shooting ability that he's showing right now, he's at least on radars. I'm not saying Keegan Murray's going Trey, to the NBA I right now. I
2: think it came up in one of the games recently Did too. Is somebody yeah. Keegan Murray's going to play in the NBA? It yeah. was
3: a, it was a, um,
2: a, no doubt about it. It was um, whoever said it. There was no doubt in his mind. Here's where we go with Luca Garza. It's going to be tough for him to play in the NBA It is. because he's going to see a lot. He's going to Hunter see every team's got a Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, and Hunter Dickinson. Every team's coming off the bench. Yes. He's behind the athletic 6'11, seven foot 7'1 seven foot dude. Yeah. This is why it's going to be tough for Garza. And I, I thought that that was as much as anything, maybe a takeaway from last night. Look, Dickinson's a really good
3: player. Yes.
2: He's a really good player. And to your point.
3: I tried to tell you about his footwork back in December. Yeah.
2: Hey, he was. He's a stiff. Yeah. I, I thought he was. But what I did, I do remember saying this, but I love his fundamentals. Yes. Because he's clearly that. And I like your point at the beginning of the this segment here, Garza was trying too hard to send a message to the youngster. yeah, I never thought I never t- thought about that take. But I agree with you. I think he was. And the youngster was giving
3: a break back to him and more well, and you can see he wasn't going for the Garza pump fakes. He wasn't no, because he getting practices off his, with, him. yes, he didn't go off his feet. It was a bad matchup. Yeah. As simple as. That. and I know it's very simplistic to Jeff's point on c j. Frederick. This is something Fran has brought up many times in press conferences. need C.J. Frederick to be more aggressive, to be more selfish. You need him to squeeze off those shots even when maybe he shouldn't because he is that talented of an Mm -hmm. offensive player that you need him to be more selfish. Same thing we've talked about with Wieskamp. Mm -hmm. And we finally saw it here over the last few weeks. Dissipated and went into a corner again last night. But those guys are both such talented offensive players. You need them to take shots and to take... What Many people would be considered a bad shot because for those guys. Right. They're probably the best shots are going to get a lot of possessions. Well, how about, um,
2: oh, God, Bohannon's, when did he, how about the rainbow three over Dickinson? Did that you? was beautiful. That
3: was a thing of beauty. I thought, what are you, good! Nice shot. Bohannon didn't have an assist. Did not have an assist. How many assists did they have? Didn't they have one in the first half? Yeah, one out of 12 field goals yeah. made. How many I many did they up with? They finished with Four. four. Two from Frederick. One from Luca on a beautiful mm. pass. Yeah, Lucas was the, maybe the first, I don't remember. It, it was in, that was in the second half. Second half, yeah. And uh, one from Connor. But
2: yeah.
3: that's not Iowa basketball. Uh-uh. They just, it was that game. Now we await Jack Nungy. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah the news isn't going to be good. He, it can't be, right? No, uh-uh. Non contact like right. that. The way we didn't hear anything, it was just, we'll, we'll check on the MRI. But hearing yeah. Jordan talk after the game, Bohannon hearing from Coach McCaffrey. Mm
2: hmm. It yeah. would be
3: a shock if it's anything other I'm with you. than a re And then you worry about wonder about his future. A 6'11 guy tearing his same mm-hmm. ACL for the second time. Yeah, fair to, fair to question. He's already 22 years old. Yeah, I'm going to guess he's on his way to his accounting degree, dealing with his father passing. Well, he, was was his dad a doctor? Yes. Is he following Pop's footstep? I hope he is for his sake. No, I think he's an accounting major. I think I saw. Uh, yeah. Is it too late to switch? Well, he's got time if he wants to. And still be on scholarship in yeah. order to do it, right?
2: That's a good point.
3: All right, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about a team who's going to win tomorrow. Team is going to win tomorrow. Yes. We're going to talk about the Drake They Bulldogs. play there. They play in Story County. Story County. Iowa. Story County, Iowa. Oh, there, there's big 2A sub-state final. <laughs> is Roland Story still alive? They
2: may be, but so are the Cyclones. Oh. And that's, uh, the Condon Casino is taking an inordinate amount of action on the under 1.5 for Iowa State. But the line maker's holding firm. No movement. No movement. Moving that juice at all? Not at all. Wow. Come one, come all. The Condon Casino. Over under Iowa State, their final four games of the season is one and a half. They get their first one tomorrow. Do they?
3: And they still got another one in front of them.
2: I think they do. They got three games left and K-State wraps it up. Not that K-State's going to be a walk in the park. They're playing better. Texas Tech, is depends on what night you see them. Right, and what uh, McClung's doing? Well, um, like he's shooting. We, we know for that. sure at <laughs> Nutcutt are, are they
3: going in? Well, <laughs> that's another question. Uh, we'll
2: take a timeout. We will come back, and uh, I'm looking forward to just real quick on this. We're, we're, we're late. Uh, Russell Wilson mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten, the likelihood he's a bear. Ten being is for sure. Uh, one being, there's no way. Two. You know, I'm, I'm a broken the same way. I'm a broken down Bears So I, I kinda feel the same way. Yeah. Time for another thousand dollar slam dunk. This is the final day of this promotion for a while. Text the keyword cash to 200-200 right now. It's your chance at $1,000. Cash to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Miller and Condon. Back with Dave Sproul, Jeff Hughes uh, in this hour as well. We'll go around college basketball on a national perspective with Rob Doster. And then back with more Iowa. Tom Caker joins the program at 1125. Klaxon's giveaway, Miller and Condon till noon. Fourteen sixty KX and O one not available in every state. Hi, Condon, welcome back ten thirty five on a Friday Claxon's barbecue. Four of our listeners will get an opportunity in about an hour and ten minutes. Again, if you haven't played in the last four weeks, if you haven't played or haven't won, um, you're eligible to participate. But uh, we are narrowing the folks that can play. Once every four weeks is your opportunity. We'll do that in an hour and ten minutes. Right now, we'll talk to our friend Dave Sprout, K-A-S-I in Ames. Uh, He will be at Hilton tomorrow to witness it. How's that for confidence? It's going to happen. Look at you. Clones pick off the frogs. They're still 0-14, right? They still are, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hello, Dave Sproul. How are you?
4: I'm feeling good after feeling all that optimism just oozing from you, Kenny. I like
2: it <laughs> indeed. It, and this will be the last time we see Iowa State at least till the Big Twelve tournament on regular TV. As the final three next week are all ESPN Plus. ESPNU has it, but if you can't be in front of your TV, if you're in Story County, you can hear the game on 1430 KASI. That's where Dave Sproul works, and he joins us. So, Dave, look, they are clearly. Uh, the last couple of games, I know you don't get any, <laughs> you don't get anything for coming close in sports, um, but don't, it feels different, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel like, well, man, all right, here they are, they're at the door, and go ahead and kick that bad boy open and walk on through. That's how it feels to me, Dave. Yeah, this feels
4: a little bit different because you know the previous matchup with TCU, there was a game back in January at uh, or in December. Uh, at West Virginia, where they came close, there's been some other games that came right down to the wire, and Iowa State had some chances to win, but none of those felt like the, the game of Baylor, where you had Iowa State just really playing well almost all the way through the game, whereas those previous efforts, it was maybe, you know, 60% of the game or, or less, and it, it kind of trickled away at the end. This was the case where you can say, well, Iowa State played well. It just so happens the number two team in the country play a little bit better because they're the number two team in the country. And even if they look bad early because of the, you know, the rust from the COVID layoff, they're still the number two team in the country for, for a reason. And it's a lot easier to take a loss like that. And it would probably be even easier if it wasn't for the fact that it was, you know, 14 in a row or whatever, whatever we're at right now. Um, But you can, you know, you just put that game in its own little bubble and say, well, there's a lot to take away from there. It's probably, I would say the best played game of the season from a totality standpoint, And you saw a level of energy and some life in that team that hadn't been there before. And I can't help but wonder, and and think maybe, you know, the previous outings were, uh, or go back to last Saturday, where where Steve Prohm decided to leave some guys off the bench and got a good response out of the guys who played. And maybe that's something that, that, you know, really uh, took hold on Tuesday night.
3: So back at home, after being on the road down in Waco, Saw some fans there at Oklahoma. We've seen uh, some butts in the seats here recently. What, about 1,200, I think, yep. is the number. What's the environment like, Dave? You've been there. It's still, uh, though people are there, not many. What is it like inside of Hilton?
4: Uh, for the games I've been at, I haven't been able to do every game uh, so far this season, but the games I've been at, it hasn't been great. Uh, once the students came back on campus in January, it got a little better because they always had a little something. Uh, if not, uh, you know, cheering for the Cyclones, at least getting on the opponent or on the rest or something to, to bring some life into the building. And I wasn't at last Saturday's game uh, in person, but from you know what I saw and seen and talked to from the my colleagues who were there, you know, there, there was some energy in that building when you know Iowa State started coming back against Oklahoma and even you know took that lead briefly. There was some energy in, in Hilton that wasn't there before, and maybe you know a good performance. Uh, on the road against the number two ranked team in the country will bring some energy for the folks who've been there. And I, you know, I think outside of the game that was played literally during a blizzard, uh there's been a good turnout. Like the percentage of people who've been able to get tickets who've tur- turned out for games has been pretty good, but there just hasn't been a lot for them to, to cheer for. So maybe something will carry over from those last couple of games and, uh, we'll see uh, something resembling Hilton Magic, at least as much as you can get with 1,200 or whatever it is in the building.
2: Well, i got to think, Dave, that their confidence is, is ratcheting up, too, especially after, the, as you mentioned, the final uh, 20 minutes against Oklahoma and 34 minutes or so against Baylor. Like It was a couple of bad possessions, um, and, and unfortunately it was Bolton uh, that had the ball a lot down the stretch, and it's hard to be critical of him because he was such a major, major player in that game against the Bears in Waco. But uh with, with with this TCU team, uh they've won three games, uh in, in two or three games, uh, in, in conference this year. I have to think that for the first time in a long time, uh the roster Iowa State's roster has to feel as confident as they have taking the floor in some time tomorrow.
4: Yeah, I, one would think so. I mean the the like you said, going back to the second half against Oklahoma and uh pretty much the almost the full game against Baylor. That's as well as we've seen Iowa play Iowa State playoff season. And there certainly seemed to be some confidence carryover from Oklahoma to Baylor. And, you know, the ability for Iowa State to get out to an early lead down there in Waco probably fed into that. And you see it's very different when a team is playing with confidence uh, as opposed to without it. And you're at least willing to, you know, Make the, the effort to make a play, step up and make a shot for your team or try to get back on defense. You've seen George Condit, we talked about him a little bit. Didn't have a great offensive game, but he was a force mm-hmm. on the defensive end with a shot blocking and rebounding. And that's because he's playing with confidence. He's playing with a belief in himself. And we're seeing some other guys, you know, really feel that way right now. And, you know, hopefully that's something, you know, for Iowa State that. You know, I can't help but think, as objective as I'm supposed to be, it would really be great to see these guys <laughs> actually win a game or two down the stretch.
3: Yeah, I'm openly rooting for them, too. I yeah, know. yeah, I am, and one of the guys I'm rooting, I think, most for is Solomon Young.
2: Mm, a guy yeah.
3: that stuck it out, came mm-hmm. back from injury, certainly has had his moments out there. guy from California, and if I remember correctly, his mom has never seen him play in really? person. Now, this is going to be Senior Day activities. I know they do have another home game, but they announced that this will be Senior Day any word at all if his mom is going to be able to make her way and, and be there for Senior Day? Because what a story that would be. Yeah, really and, would. And then throw out, hopefully, a win on top of it.
4: Yeah, I sure hope that that's the case. I don't know uh, exactly what the plans are. Uh, I know it might be something similar to what we saw. The Iowa State women's team the other night had their Senior Day, and they had they had families there. They kind of just... Stood in the concourse. They actually had an area where they were standing, so they could get the camera on them and put them on the video board while the players were down on the court uh, for the the ceremony and all that. So maybe they'll do something similar with the parents for the men's game uh, tomorrow uh, because that was the last regularly scheduled game for the season for the the home season at least. And so they're yeah sticking with that because so many players, whether it's youngs or whoever's you know their their families make plans around that specific date, so they they stick with it, so nobody has to change their plans and scramble at the last minute to come back for a different date and so it, hopefully yeah they get the reward with the win and then as many uh family members as possible can be there i know a lot of guys have had their support uh, from from the start of the season but i, I you know I, I guess i'm not familiar with the story with young's mom mm-hmm. and why she hasn't been able to come to, to games or what have you um but it would be something uh pretty special to for her and the rest of those families to be able to be there through Everything the team has gone through this
2: season. Well, look, TCU's got a couple of really good guards. One who didn't play against Iowa State in their match down in Fort Worth earlier. Mike Miles, Nemhart was really good in that game, as we recall. I just think it's headed. You know, we'll we'll see. Fingers crossed that they get that proverbial monkey off their back. You know, he's playing better, Dave Sprouse, since he's been. You know, one of those two guys that's been inserted to the starting lineup, and I th- I like the fact they're going small. Trey Jackson, uh, we talked about him a couple of times, and what's wrong with Jackson? When are they going to get him going? He's been he's been a different player in his last couple of games. I don't know if it's because he's been reinserted into the starting lineup, uh, but he's been able to answer the bell, particularly on the defensive end of the floor. He's so darn quick. Yeah, I
4: think that's probably a product of just getting his sea legs back in a way, because I don't know if he actually was diagnosed with COVID, but he was out for a couple games, uh, either because he was tested a positive, or because of contact tracing, but that also keeps you out of practice, keeps you away from conditioning to a lot of degrees, and that really can, you know, mess with you physically. And you, you got to have your, you got to have strong legs if you're going to have a good jump shot uh, in the game of basketball. And it's particularly true for a three-point shooter. So, the, the more action he's seen, the more confidence he gets. The more, you know. Uh, in rhythm he gets and the more confidence he gets. And so that's, I think, what we're seeing with him. We saw it at the end of last season, just making those strides just as a freshman, you know, to get up to a level and adjust to the Big 12 game. And now we're seeing it. I think he's just in a, a better place physically where he can be confident in his game and his
2: abilities. Uh, so here's the last thing for you. The over-under total at the Condon Casino, four games left. I might fire my bookmaker. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to cost you a lot of money, is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, the over-under, Dave Sproul, is one and a half wins in the final four. TCU, Texas Tech, Texas, K-State. The over-under is one and a half. What are you doing? Going over or you going under?
4: Oh, man. I might be pessimistic about things the way the season has gone, but I, I probably would take the under Uh They'll have a chance to win against TCU. They'll have a chance to win against Kansas State. But they've had chances to beat both of those teams before and couldn't do it. And I don't know that I've seen enough to give me confidence that they're going to come through. Now, if they go out there and beat TCU, I might feel a little bit better about their game against Kansas State, even though that's in Manhattan. Uh, I I don't feel good at all about those matchups with Texas Tech and and Texas, just because those are good, you know, highly ranked teams, although I'm sure Iowa State will give them a fight. Uh, it's just it's just hard the way this season has gone overall just to work up a lot of confidence that there's more than one win out there left for this team but we'll see
2: we'll talk about that first win on Saturday when you I mean on <laughs> on Monday when you come back uh, and join us Dave Sproul, have a good weekend thank you
4: I'm uh, already looking forward to it
2: all
3: right as our week Dave Sproul, K S I Ames 1430 on the A M dial feels like the kiss of death you said we we're going to get a tight one with Iowa Michigan did I say that yeah
2: well it was right for 24 minutes. Not bad. They're forty minute games, aren't 40, they? Yeah, yeah that's what right. I uh, thought. Ten forty five. We will come back. Are the Bears in the hunt for Russell Wilson? Just feel like you're rubbing salt and
3: wounds today, for me.
2: And are they moving from downtown to Chicago out to the burbs? Cappy was the one that told us that yes, story. Yeah, there's a lot of folks that want to see them take uh, Arlington Park's real estate. Hmm. It's thirty five minutes away from the lake. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, like it. that idea. No. I like, I like downtown, don't you? Absolutely. What's wrong with Soldier Field? Well, it looks like a spaceship. Well, yeah, but... It's not it, real big. No, I've never seen a game there. I was there for the Rolling Stones two okay. years ago. I was impressed by the facility. I've only been to a few games. Yeah? Never. It's not a dump by any means, right? And did they not It's not, not just...
3: state-of-the-art, though, but yeah. Is they, that what it is? Yeah, they've done, I mean, all the renovations they did back in, what, 05, 06? I was say, yeah, it
2: wasn't too long ago that they were not... Uh, where did they play? Down in Champagne, Champagne, right. Yeah, yeah in Illinois. Right, 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 right. Don't want to do that again. No, I'd absolutely not. But um, anyways, we'll talk to Jeff Hughes on Da Bears from Da Bears blog next. Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO. One... So should you. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Russell Wilson, does he or doesn't he want out of Seattle? His agent uh, made it public that he would be interested in accepting a trade because he has a full no-trade clause in his contract. But he would go to New Orleans. He would go to Dallas. He would go to Las Vegas or Chicago. And, of course, Bears fans were... Giddy when yes. they were in the final four, if you will. But what's the likelihood? Uh Jeff Hughes writes for com. He is com, and he's with Miller and Condon. Jeff, great to catch up with you. Uh, I've enjoyed following you on Twitter. I enjoy all the time following you on Twitter, but you've been very active this week. We'll get to Arlington Park uh in a second as far as the potential new home. But what about a potential new quarterback, first and foremost? Uh The likelihood that Russell Wilson is anywhere but Seattle is what?
0: Fifty-fifty, okay. 50 I think, at this point.
2: And I'd say,
0: right now the question is this. Which domino has to fall in this sort of quarterback carousel before we know who's going anywhere? So if the Sean Watson is going to be traded, and everyone in the league believes he is, doesn't that have to happen first before we figure out and sort out where everyone else stands at the quarterback spot mm-hmm. but say that doesn't happen because they're the worst one organization in sports. Oh, yeah. Say the Texans don't make that deal. If if Russell Wilson is actually on the block, I I can't see any scenario where the Bears don't package together anything Seattle wants and make the move.
3: So what is that tipping point? I mean what is there cuz for me it's almost whatever you want Seattle. <laughs> whatever you want you got Three first-round picks, that's all we can do, have them. Mm-hmm. And you want some seconds and thirds, have at it mm-hmm. to get a franchise quarterback in. What's the tipping point for you?
0: I, I don't know that there is one. I mean, I, I, this is a classic case of beggars can't be choosers. We've been begging for 75 years. Mm-hmm. This is a, if, if they come and say, we want three first-round picks, I don't see a scenario where the Bears say no. You're getting this guy at 32 years old. He's in terrific shape. You're getting at least five years at least five years, of a top-level franchise quarterback, the likes of which the team has never had before. So if clausius Brees' first-round picks, fine. This GM has shown he's a better drafter in the middle rounds anyway. Right. So I, I just I don't know that there's a... Pa- now, listen, you're going to have to pay him a lot of money. A lot of this is contract-related. So if he wants a very lucrative extension, I do think it'll limit what his overall value is because... To give a a team three first-round picks only to have to turn around and and sign a deal for $100 million extra, that's a little tough. But I don't think anything is off the table when it comes to the Bears getting a franchise quarterback. It is what's held this franchise back now for decades. So if they say three firsts, I package them up and I send them out there.
3: So my second part of the question is, why would Russell Wilson want to go to Chicago in this inept organization that we – well, scratch our heads about sometimes, yell about others. Jeff, why does he want to go to Chicago? Why is that one of the four on his list? Because they're not that inept. I mean, we think of them as a troubled organization because they don't have a quarterback.
0: <laughs> they have gone to the playoffs twice in three years with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. <laughs> this, France, this this roster is good right now. You know, there are not many rosters that can go 8-8 eight eight with Mitch Trubisky at back-to-back years. He's that bad a player. And, and Russell Wilson is about legacy. And about history. And if he wins a title in Chicago, I think I tweeted this yesterday. I, I tweeted about five thousand times yesterday. <laughs> you so busy. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> But if he wins a Super Bowl in Chicago, that is the equivalent of Tom Brady winning ten thousand Super Bowls in Tampa. They're not comparable things. He cements his legacy as an all-time great if he goes to Chicago and leads them to a Super Bowl title. So. There's a perception with Bears fans and in Chicago that this franchise is looked at one way, but around the league, they are not looked at that way. They are looked at as a historic franchise. They are looked at as a great opportunity. That people know when you win with the Bears, you open steakhouses. <laughs> you, you are. Dan you, hasn't paid for anything in in Chicago in 35 years. That that's, that's what you get if you win in Chicago. And
2: people around the league know. Uh, very interesting. Uh, Jeff Hughes, DeBearsBlog.com. Yeah, I've seen three ones, and and you can take either Mooney or if you want uh, Jalen Johnson, you can get one of those youngsters uh, as well. And I'm with you, whatever it takes. So let's go to the other big Bear story this week. And, and that's the um, – the, I mean, it started to become a story very quickly. We had Cappy on on Wednesday, I think on Tuesday – uh, Churchill Downs, who owns Arlington Park, says that the building's for sale. We're, not, we're getting out of the horse racing business in Chicago. But all of a sudden, there's a huge, huge plot of land that's admittedly 35 minutes away from downtown. I don't know what's wrong with Soldier Field as it currently stands. Why? What's the rush to get out of uh, downtown Chicago and get away from Soldier Field? I don't get it, Jeff Hughes.
0: There is no rush, and nobody inside the organization is even contemplating this. This was concocted by Cappy. This was concocted by Adam Hogue of NBC Sports. They wrote. A, a, they both were on the, the bandwagon that somehow the Chicago Bears need to be out in Foxborough, out in the Meadowlands, out wherever.
2: Santa Clara.
0: Santa yeah. Clara. It is ludicrous. Yeah. So, first of all, this argument that it would be more convenient. More convenient for who? The people who live in the northwest suburbs? It's not convenient for anybody else. And there are Metro lines, there are L lines, and you can walk. The buses in Chicago drop you off at the gates of Soldier Field. It is a historic building. It is a great building. I don't care they can't host Final Fours. I don't watch college basketball. I don't care that that the building is dormant most of the year. So is Lambeau. So is MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. It's a great football building, and they should just leave it.
3: Tell us the latest on Allen Robinson, and uh, I thought you brought up an interesting part in your uh, column yesterday uh, uh, from a piece from CBS talking about what Allen Robinson wants. Well, franchise tag, yeah, no player likes the franchise tag, (laughs) but that's the reality that we live in in the NFL. I I don't know, just some crazy reporting there.
0: Okay, the franchise tag is immoral. It should be unconstitutional but it was collectively bargained by the players' union and ownership. It is a tool for ownership, and the Bears are going to use that tool. Now, does that mean Alan Robinson will play under the franchise tag this year? I still think the Bears want to get a long-term extension done. However, his, his desire is to get paid $100 million over four or five years. Mm. I don't see that kind of player. I think he's terrific. I don't know that the Bears see that kind of player, especially when they don't know who their quarterback is going to be. But right now, I think they're going to tag Allen Robinson and try to trade him for another first-round pick. That is where he provides the most value to them. But I think they're perfectly comfortable saying to Allen Robinson, you're on the tag. And if you want to sit out this season, try making a PR case to the fan base that you're okay with not collecting a $16 million check this year. Not exactly a good time in American society you be making that argument when when you know a third of the population is out of work. I think they're very comfortable saying, you're getting $16 million. This is the way the contracts are structured. This is what your union collectively bargained. If you don't want to deal with it, you're sitting out.
2: Jeff Hughes, DeBearsBlog.com. Jeff, great stuff. We'll be in touch. Uh, Thank you for coming on and uh, giving us the latest on Russell Wilson and the fact that Soldier Field needs to remain where the Bears play their Leave home it. games. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Have a good time. Have a good weekend. Jeff Hughes, Debearsblog.com. Our number two coming up next: Rob Doster, Tom Cakert, and Claxons. 1460KXNO 106.3 FM.